The Knees and Mother Brown West Ham podcast is brought to you by BombettaLondon.com. It's an Italian restaurant by Snaresbrook Station. I'm running out of ways to tell you that, and it's only October. Italian food run by James Longman. Uh, not run by, owned by, uh, someone who knows what they're doing runs the place. But you can make a reservation by going to bombettalondon.com. It is really good. Snaresbrook Station. Try it out. Hello and welcome to Nisa by the Brown West Ham podcast. It's series five. It's episode eight. We've got two wins in a row. Joining me here on the studio, she's back from the United States of America, is Bianca Westwood. I go away and we win football matches. <laughs> There's a correlation there. Maybe I should immigrate. <laughs> I know. We want to win the league. You need to get out. <laughs> um, and joining us here in the studio, there was a, quite a few people on Twitter who worked it out from the cryptic clues I dropped on uh, uh, Twitter earlier today. Chris Slowly, Sex, Drugs and Cotton Cole, and Danny Wiggett. Joining us in the studio, 96 league games between 2005 and 2011. Hammer of the year 2006 is Danny Gabadon. Hi guys, how are we? Welcome. <laughs> what, mate, legend. Illustrious. Is that all? I should have had a lot more in five years. I should have had you a lot more. You packed a lot into that 96. Yeah, a lot of good memories. Um, good and bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah as we're um, going to find out. Same for everyone when yeah, you're West Ham. That's West Ham for you. Ups yeah. and downs, roller coaster ride. So, um, no, I enjoyed my time there. So, and yeah. glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you know, do you think Welcome. you're going to struggle to recall that, that period of your life? Is there. Um, how's your memory these days? No. Um, I try and, yeah, forget the bad <laughs> stuff. But, um, now, to be fair, um, it's probably the best part of my footballing career to be fair one of my favourite clubs I played for um, the first season I joined was probably the best season I've ever had in my career as a footballer the most consistent I've ever played so um, so I'm sure I can yeah I can remember some stuff if you uh, if you jog my memory I'm nice. sure nice <laughs> um, we'll get into it in a sec but there's one question that someone asked uh, on the forum did you feel as laid back as you looked on the pitch <laughs> or was it all a front I thought that was such an insightful question because you look so relaxed um it's just in my nature, I suppose. Yeah, um, you are I'd, that kind of guy, though, yeah, aren't you? Um, I just don't really realise I'm doing it, I suppose. It just comes natural. Um, and I suppose, you know, when you're playing, it's very different to when you're watching someone. So I didn't really realise I was probably doing it, but it's just how I kind of played. I think some managers kind of saw it as being the opposite way and didn't really like it so much, but other managers kind of liked it as well. So um, it was a little bit of a catch 22 with the way I kind of played but that's just how I was I suppose and it is how I am kind of as a person as well so mm. um, yeah can't, I can't really do much about that well you uh, had Ginge next to you to, and Ginge, to look yeah, like the crazy yeah, one yeah Ginge so. could be the crazy aggressive one and I was the one who yeah just kind of was a bit more mellow and, and chilled out so um, but actually when I went to West Ham um Hayden Mullins kind of took the the casual tag off me. Yeah, he was actually nicknamed Cash. Everyone used to call him Cash because he was so laid back as well. But I kind of got nicknamed that at my other clubs. And when I moved to West Ham, Hayden just kind of blew me out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit disappointed. But to be fair, he was he, he's even more laid back than me. So um, I couldn't really say too much. Um, and before before we move on, ninety six league games, but but no goals. No. 
Um, Would we have seen a celebration to remember? <laughs> and they're usually laid back. I Dan don't think I would have known what to have done for the score, <laughs> to be honest with you. I probably just would have run off and it's a knee slide now and everyone does the yeah. knee. That's a standard celebration. If you yeah. haven't got one, yeah. you just run and like slide on your knees. So that probably would have been me. But um, As long as you don't injure yourself while you're doing I it. I probably would have actually, yeah. Um, so I probably just would have not done anything. Yeah just probably let everyone jump on me or something and just go back to the centre circle and just <laughs> try and start defending again. <laughs> but no, I think um, before I moved to West Ham, I actually used to get a few goals when I was at Cardiff because I used to play different. I used to be more attacking. I'd go up for set pieces and things like that. But um, it's Alan Pardew's fault. Blame him. That's why I never <laughs> scored a goal because he basically just said, I don't want you doing what you did at Cardiff. I've got attacking players to do all that stuff. Right. Um, wow. Just want you to defend. Um, so that's what I kind of did and I never scored a goal since I don't think um, <laughs> but it, it did actually improve me a lot as a player so um, I do thank him a lot for, for what he taught me when he was there as manager because um, it did take my game to another level Yeah, amazing mm, cool alright let's kick off with some feedback um, we had Mega <coughs> on the forum another good podcast just another note on the standing issue only joking yeah we don't want to talk like. about that anymore and now the vibe is good I don't mm. know Matt I'm hoping that we can all move on um, Pocket Pardew always thoroughly enjoy the podcast despite all the doom and gloom and general misery among the supporters at the moment you two do a great job on trying to keep it optimistic and this should surely be quite an optimistic podcast oh, I would have thought so if you yeah. can't be optimistic after the two wins then you're in trouble yeah um, he continues sorry keep up the good work look forward to the return of the happy podcast following a run of great results again see I can do optimism also Paul Weatherly <clears throat> not relevant but saw Christian Daly at the Chelmsford Marathon yesterday. He wasn't participating. That's our hashtag daily watch. <laughs> we have been trying for five years, Danny, <laughs> to get Christian Daly to come on this podcast. And he won't text us back or email us. No, and his wife has told us we've definitely got the right numbers and email addresses. He's gone into, into hiding. <laughs> he's like the Scarlet Pimpernel. Please get him on. If you, I'll I've help tried. you. If you want to oh, get him Danny. on, I'll yes. try. Thank you. They seek him here. They seek him there. <laughs> they seek him bloody such everywhere. Such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. Well, yeah. Why? Would, why? Why? He won't even text back. He won't even say no. That's what hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the hope that kills, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I can't explain that. Um, maybe he's just since he's finished playing. I think he's just gone. Obviously, in another direction. He's, he went to university or whatever. Got his degree um, doing what? sports science. Oh, I think okay. he did. Um, and maybe I don't know maybe he just wants to forget about football I'm not sure but, that's um, the most likely answer you should get yeah. him on because he is like so hard. the nicest guy one oh, of yeah. the, my favourite guys when I was at West Ham got on really well with him yeah. um, what's so great about him he's just one of the best professionals I've kind of worked with um, and just an honest kind of guy you know if if he doesn't like you he kind of let you know but you know if you if he likes you then he's just a really good guy to kind of be around and would kind of do anything kind of for you so um, I just yeah I just got on really well with him just a, a normal down to earth kind of guy and yeah please if you can get him on or if I can help you to <laughs> help get him me, on Dan, help us we'll take yeah. all the help because he'd be get. great he'd be great yeah well, well we'll redouble our efforts as mm. we have been continually doing for our five years <laughs> yeah. and then lastly Mr London Bianca you don't do a podcast for two weeks and we win back to back games coincidence yeah no as we said before I think I just need to move yeah. away yeah exactly <laughs> alright well if you want to get in touch with the show here's how you can do so Get in touch with the show, email podcast at kumb.com. Get on the forum at kumb.com or follow 
your hosts, your lovely hosts on Twitter, beautiful people, lovely, one of your own. Bianca is at B double E Westwood. Chris is at CJ Skull, and that's with a C, not a K, a C, because he's special. <laughs> Come on, you irons. Right, match review. Danny, Palace nil, West Ham one. <laughs> we were a little bit worried for a while, but what a what a result that was to go Selhurst Park and win. Yeah, it was. I was worried, actually, about West Ham with that one, because obviously Palace have been in good form. As we know, Selhurst Park is a difficult place to go for, you know, even when you're playing well. Um I'm sure Alan Pardew, obviously against his old side, would have loved to have uh, got one over West Ham. But I was actually, I think I was doing covering the Swansea game and I obviously was late kick-off. I finished the game, got the uh, game up on my phone and started watching it. And I was thinking, first of all, I was like, well, where's Ginge? Ginge ain't playing. <laughs> so I always look for like him first, if he's playing or not. And then I saw this kind of three-at-the-back system. So I was thinking, oh, no, you know, this could go either way kind of thing. But I think... Straight away, you could see, I don't know, it just looked right. Like, everyone seemed in the right positions. Everyone was working hard. Um, I think you just got a good feel about that, the game straight away. Um, obviously, previous games I've kind of seen just looked destroyed, and I don't know if the team was really working as hard as as they should be, but it just all seemed to look right. Cresswell, wing-back, Antonio, mm. the other side. Coyate looked good yeah. at yeah. centre-half, I hate to say that. Yeah. Um, but... Good athleticism either side, like Bonner, him, and then Reed in the middle. They just sort of Pae playing centrally with Lanzini. I think it just just had more of a balance. Yeah, more of a balance. And I, I didn't really think about, well, maybe they should go to a three at the back and maybe that would suit them better. But as yeah. soon as you kind of saw it, it was like, yeah, that's that kind of works. So, but I think the main thing was just the team just looked as if they were working more for mm. each other you know right from Zaza out front all the way back and was that the problem before then do you think I, they just I weren't working so. hard enough I think one of the main things yeah um, I think as a team probably not working hard enough um, it only takes one or two to affect the whole team so you know mm. you look at some of the goals that you've been conceding and you know the, the back four gets a lot of stick but I think it's a little bit harsh. I think it, it it starts from maybe further up. So they weren't getting much protection, yeah, were they? No. So um, you know, there's holes in midfield. Um, the the strikers maybe not closing down enough, and all those things kind of help. You know, mm. as a centre back, if your strikers is, is closing down their centre halves, if your midfielder is pressing their midfield, it does make your game a little bit easier yeah. as well because you know, obviously, where then where the ball's going to go, you can get your position right. But yeah. it just seemed. W- we were too easy to kind of play against, getting cut open and obviously um, conceding lots of goals. But but yeah, I mean, it certainly looked a lot better against Palace and obviously to go down to 10 men um, and then still hang on and, you know, the team show a bit of fight as well. I think that was really good to see, yeah. Yeah. Cresswell, Bianca, coming back. Do you think How big of a difference did you think he made? I think he changed it sort of completely really I hate to say it just one player but sometimes when a player's been out for a long time I mean you must know this Mm. Danny when they come back in it just gives the the whole place a little lift and he's such an important player isn't he and he gives a bit of bit more pace a bit of dynamism I mean the the cross that he put in for the goal first time ball you know on a sixpence for Lanzini and it was a great finish and um, I I just think when you've got a player like that coming back it just gives everybody that Mm. little bit of a boost and uh, it's interesting I um interviewed Mark Noble last week for for Soccer Saturday and I was saying to him about you know people were questioning whether the players care and because they're not working hard enough and he said you know the players do care that they desperately care and they desperately want to win but 
he said, which I found really interesting, there was an element maybe of some of the players, a bit of second season syndrome, Mm. had such a good time last season. They were so good. Mm. There was an element of, I think you could just turn up and and win in the Premier League, but as you know, you just can't. can't Yeah, overconfidence maybe a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of complacency. Um, And, and, you know, it can just be 1% dip and they can take advantage mm. of you. So yeah, I think Mark Noble alluded to that thing you just said that they weren't working hard enough. Do you think, Dan? Do you think that seems to have been corrected now? Obviously, we've got two wins on the bounce. Um, yeah, I think it has more. I, like when I say maybe not working hard enough, I, I suppose I don't totally mean on look, no one's yeah. running around. <clears throat> Sometimes you can be running around, but in the wrong way, or you know, one person can be running too too much and the other one's kind of not yeah. and mm. someone gets out of position do you know what I mean so sometimes I felt Noble was overcompensating yeah sometimes he can be overcompensating or Coyote might have made a burst forward but then mm. he's not able to get back and then you yeah. get counter-attacked on yeah. and Nobes can't fill the spaces and yeah. so it's not just maybe people have down tools and they, they're not working sometimes mm. you're just doing it in the wrong way so I think that's what I saw against Palace. People were working hard, but because they're all in the right position to start with. Mm. So if you're in the right position, you don't have to run as far. It's, it's a shorter mm. burst than maybe if we're, you're a bit disjointed, you're mm. running maybe 50, then you're not getting there and then you're getting... Do you know what I mean? So mm. just look more organised. Mm. I think when it's more organised, you can then work hard off that. But I think it was a bit of both at the start. So... I think obviously in the international break he's had time to work on on yeah, things and I don't know they just look more disciplined I think yeah. with with Obiang coming into the middle as well yeah. having the right players in the right yeah, positions right helps players, as well right positions. Cresswell to be fair didn't even look like he'd been away no yeah. he didn't look rested Incredible. at all did he no. yeah. he looked fit mm. I was thinking he probably only last six well he, he got sent off <laughs> <laughs> but I think he, I think he could have played 90 minutes he, yeah. he looked yeah. great so um Yes, hopefully onwards, onwards and upwards now. Yeah, yeah there's a good stat about uh, Cresswell. Since his debut in August 2014, Aaron Cresswell has provided nine assists in the Premier League. A, a haul only two other defenders can better, Jan Matt on 11 and Baines on 10. So, I mean, he's pro- he's the provider. Getting up on that mm. pitch, you really can see how he's been. we've been missing him. Yeah, um, and you see the quality of the cross, as Bianca mm. said, for the goal. You know, he's got a fantastic left foot. When he gets into those areas, he... He more often than not kind of picks someone out um, so he's vitally important to the team and obviously the balance as well he gives on the left side with, with, his, mm. with his left foot Agbana playing on that side with his left foot as well I just think he re- gives really good balance so um, I felt sorry for him actually getting set ridiculous both sending off yeah, well, both decisions as well I thought the second one wasn't even yeah. a foul I don't I know. like what well, Zahar's ducked into his arm and he, uh, honestly unbelievable but um yeah, but for, is it Fernandez who played? In, yeah, or, yeah, he, yeah. He had a really good game yeah. didn't he, as well, playing on that side. So, um, yeah, hope getting back and back in the team, and he's done really well. Done really well. Yeah. So West, the next game, West Ham won Sunderland nil. Winner scored in the last minute by Winston Reid, who I think you shared a season with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Smashed it in. But was he like that in training? Was he picking um, him in from thirty yards? Or not really? No. <laughs> um, he had good technique to be fair, but um, he certainly is a, a player who should be, you know, probably getting five, six goals a season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been good to see his form the last couple of games as well. Because really, like, he frustrates me a little bit because he is so good, but he tends to like pick up quite a lot of niggly little injuries. So mm-hmm. he never. You, you'll play five or six, seven, then he'll be out for a couple, then you'll play another yeah. five, six, and he's out for a couple. And 
it's tended to be that way the last kind of couple of seasons between kind of him, Tonkins, James mm. Collins, they all kind of seem to take it in turns to play. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if they got some kind yeah. of <laughs> pact where like you play for you and then other rest, you come in. <laughs> but um, no, when he he's on form, he's one of the best kind of defenders in, in the league. So, um, and he's looked really good in that, in that central role the last couple of games. So, you know, you need like someone like him to kind of step up when things are not going so well and, and and be the main man, and he has. So it's been good to see. Yeah, he was getting forward a bit more, I thought, yeah. against Sunderland. I don't I mean, know if it's be because we were playing yeah. Sunderland. I'm not sure, but mm. yeah, he was in the opposition box a few mm. times. I was like, what's yeah. he doing up there? And then <laughs> yeah. and then he did that. It was yeah. great. Yeah, three at the back. That three at the back system. How did you get on with blood? Did you ever play that? Must have um, occasions. Yeah, yeah. Is it difficult? A few times. It is a little bit, yeah, depending on where you, you kind of play. Like, the middle man is quite difficult. Where Reedy plays, it's a difficult position to play because um, at times you have to kind of step in and then, obviously, if the ball goes over the top, you're kind of trying to cover your your two centre-backs either side. So you have to be quite mobile. Um, you have to read the game well as well, um, anticipate where things are when things come over the top. Um, and you're the one kind of marshalling everyone else. So... Um, it can be difficult, yeah. It's, it's it's very different to playing, you know, as a four. You know, you've always got your centre back next to mm. you. You've got your full back mm. on either side of you, um, and you all kind of work together. But when you're playing with a three, sometimes, especially if you're playing like left or the right of the centre guy, you can get dragged out into areas where you don't want to, mm. in one-on-one situations. So um, it does take a little bit more getting used to, a bit more organisation, um, and you know, if you've got playing against quick strikers they can cause you problems and get you moving about and stuff and you can get a little bit disjointed but but to be fair they've looked really good really solid um, last couple of games and it's kind of a formation that's come back in the last yeah. couple of yeah. years really isn't it well so, Chelsea yeah. sort of went with that didn't yeah. they yeah. Um, against Man United do you think Bilic will stick with that for Everton up yeah, against the, so, yeah. the our nemesis Lukaku <laughs> yeah um, well I think it's not a bad time to play I think you just need 10 actually. at the back for yeah. Lukaku I yeah think. well I think if you can stop him then obviously you stop a lot of Everton um, mm. he's the kind of the guy that gets all the goals um, easier said than done but um, I think it might not be a bad time to play them I think they've just come off their form a little bit uh, last few games they obviously started the season really well but yeah. you know lost to Burnley on the weekend mm. um, were lucky to get a draw with Man City so I don't think it's a bad time to play them um, and I think yeah you've got to stick with a three at the back I think the way they've done the last couple of games you know two clean sheets and two wins it's very difficult to mm. yeah. to change anything there so um, yeah I think much, much the same again and sometimes I think playing with a three can help with Lukaku as well because um, yeah. they tend to play with a one-up just him so um, when you've got the three at the back you can't it's almost like you're playing three against one really mm. yeah. so, and then you've got the cover of really behind so it might actually play into West Ham's favour that one as well hopefully you can stop him stop him scoring yeah, yeah. on a personal note Winston Reid he never seems to smile is he <laughs> is he that depressed in real life or <laughs> he's, does he have a laugh oh, he's um, he's typical kind of Maori kind of guy they're all serious <laughs> aren't they these New Zealanders they, they just take everything really serious he's actually nah, he's a really nice guy he's quite shy quite quiet mm. um, but you know obviously when you get to tell him he's a good guy but um, it does take a lot to, uh, <laughs> to make do the him smile in the <laughs> that's what I mean though like he's, he's they quite like they get pumped up don't they and that but he's yeah. not really like that mm. Um He's quite serious, obviously. The, you know the way he doesn't really smile too much, but he, he wouldn't be one to be like, 
doing the hacker in the dressing room, <laughs> you know, getting everyone going. He yeah. kind of keeps himself to himself, really. Yeah. But um, who does that then in the dressing room um, now? Because I, f- I felt like sometimes we've needed a bit more of that, yeah. someone to drag everybody up by the scruff yeah. of their neck and say, yeah. come on. Um, I'd probably say Nobes and, and James are probably the, really? the two leaders, I'd say, in the dressing room, the two that, you know, try to get everyone going. Obviously, it's, the teams are very much different mm. from when mm. I was there. You know, there's quite a lot of foreign players there yeah. now. So I think... Makes a huge difference, it does, doesn't it? It does. So I think, you know, James and, and Nobes kind of, and really, they're probably taken upon themselves because they, they realise that's kind of situation and they have to step up and be more and show more leadership in the dressing room now mm-hmm. um, so I think yeah they're the I think they're the, the jokers and, and they're the ones that everyone kind of looks up to really yeah, so. yeah. Um, Bianca 1-0 Sunderland uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. quite a feast for the eyes was it up until the last <laughs> no uh, I'm not getting carried away just yet <laughs> um, but you know you've got to start somewhere and yeah. the, the, the goals that we were leaking were just horrendous weren't they so just to keep a couple of clean sheets I don't care 1-0 I'll take that all day long I'll take that against Everton as well yeah you know just steady the ship yeah. and then we'll worry yeah. about playing decent football mm. yeah 10 well, points when we've built go. the confidence up a little bit more yeah and a little bit of a, a cushion hopefully yeah absolutely mm. alright Danny it's time now to wind the clock back to July 2005 this is your life in the charts Number one, Ghetto Gospel, Tupac and Elton John. Really? Was that your favourite Tupac, <laughs> Elton John no. collaboration? Far from it. <laughs> Didn't even know they'd done a Neither did I until no. about ten minutes no. ago. <sighs> um, well, you're at Cardiff with James Collins. Yeah. Pardew, phone rings. Yeah. Was, it, was there any... Like, did you have options? Did, what did you know about West Ham? Was it an easy decision? Um, it was done in like a couple of days. It's probably mm. the easiest transfer I've ever done. Um at the time, Cardiff were um, we were close to administration, so um, we'd finished the season and I think we we hadn't been paid for a couple of months. There was so people were getting sold at the end of the season. You know, we were coming into the change room and you know one of your teammates was kind of gone. You're like, Where is wow. it? You're off to like to another club. So it's kind of where the club had to sell. Um, so West Ham kind of come in and yeah, we were. It was done within a couple of days, really. Um, it's quite unusual, that, isn't it? Like two players yeah. in the same position, essentially, as well, to going to the same club. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, I think, obviously, West Ham had had a good season coming up from the, from the championship. Um, you know, Anton had been kind of playing, doing well. Elliot Ward had been doing well. Um, so I'm sure that those two probably thought with two centre-backs coming in, what's going on here kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and it is a little bit strange when you don't see too many kind of double transfers, really. Um, and to be honest, for me and James, we had played, obviously, West Ham that season for Cardiff, but we, we didn't really know too much about how big the club was and, mm-hmm. you know, where it actually was in London. We did, Honestly, <laughs> right, we didn't wow. really know too much about it because we were obviously Cardiff players and we didn't know too much about London in general so um, it was only when we kind of got up here and and saw you know the fan base and you know how big the club was we then realised yeah we mm. were signing for for a massive team right yeah. like it's big city yeah yeah, yeah. and actually it was it was quite good actually living in Essex because um, we were <laughs> like, like out be my next question yeah. yeah we were like we were just enough far out of it so um <laughs> And as you know, like there's an every you can do everything around there, so you don't even have to come into central. So, first couple of years of me being there, I 
didn't actually like central London, to be honest with you. <laughs> I didn't really venture in too much. Just faces and... Faces, 195, yeah, <laughs> New Bar, um, King William, all those I places. I think you had your yeah. picture, didn't you? A no bar, New Bar wasn't your picture behind the bar at some point? Yeah, yeah. I think me and, me and James actually... Permanent we, fixtures at the yeah, end of that bar yeah, there. Like I remember when, when I used opened, to go in there. Yeah, when it opened, me and James met the owner, I think, the, the night Adam. it opened. Adam, Adam yeah. So we kind of like become kind of good friends from there, really. Um, I think we kept the place afloat. Or <laughs> <laughs> James did more than me. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that was one of our haunts we used to kind of go. And that, actually, Jimmy Walker was the guy that kind of introduced oh, yeah. us to the first... He's yeah, still, he's still on the scene. Yeah, have you got him on? Have you yeah, got him yeah, on? yeah, he's A couple of on. times. Great guy. Friend um, of the show. Yeah, so he said, oh, like, this is great club. Like, me and James, we literally signed a week, and I think... Um, he was like, oh, it's called 195, um, <laughs> get yourself there. So me and, what an uh, influence he must have had yeah, on you. Me and James, oh like, I think it was like a Friday night or something, so we had a little look in there, and I think we ended up going faces on a Sunday, and we were like, oh, my God, what is this place? <laughs> it was like women everywhere. We, me and James couldn't believe what we were seeing. <laughs> so um, now it's good. Good, good times. Good times. Uh, I imagine like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like, yeah. The kids going to go, oh, my God, look, there's rivers of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, something similar. Um, but your debut season what an incredible what a year we had that season obviously had the cup run but some Mm. famous results and the team as well though everybody seemed to really get on it was just such a great atmosphere wasn't it that year no it was Um, it was just a group of lads were all with the same kind of focus and and goals really you know we were a young side we were really hungry everyone was wanting to prove themselves a lot of us hadn't played in the in the Premier League before so we just saw it as a, a real good challenge everyone wanted to prove how, how good they were mm. um, a lot of British players as yeah, well wasn't it good, throughout yeah, the British team British base yeah Anton was there obviously we had Nigel and, and Hayden in midfield um, we had a really good mix Teddy yeah. was still doing his still unbelievable at, at 39 40 yeah. or whatever he was, he was still at 195 um, as well yeah he was yeah yeah he was up there quite a lot as well um more than me and james actually um so we just had a really good mix everyone got on really well um and the manager even pards you know he was, he was wanted to prove himself as well yeah yeah pards was like even more than me james and teddy i tell you what one time right we've gone into central london here's a little story if you've gone into central london um, I can't remember what club it was. It might have been around here, yeah, the Soho area, actually. Mm. And um, me and James have gone to go in, and the bouncer's kind of stopped us, like stuck his arm across, and was like, "You sure you want to go in there?" We were like, "Yeah, yeah, why not?" He was like, "Because your manager's there." <laughs> so we were like, "Oh, uh, sh- we better go." Like, we kind of like run off, and I can't remember we went off somewhere outside. But yeah, that oh, happened God. once, once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, no, it was a really good season. Yeah, and we couldn't believe what was happening really we got off to a good start and I think confidence just kind of grew Mm. Um, and yeah to obviously finish where we did and get to an FA Cup final was beyond our kind of wildest dreams really so um, yeah it's probably the most enjoyable season I've had in my career today, yeah. Yes. Some big games in that season. Arsenal away, last team to oh, win at Highbury. That's yours forever. Yeah. That honour. Yeah. Is that um, Etherington and Rio Coco goals? Yeah. 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 yeah and the was... Sol Campbell breakdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. You went AWOL. You played yeah. so well, you yeah. gave him a breakdown. Yeah. You went AWOL. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I think we're um, last team to win at Highbury, first team to win yeah. at Denver. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, that season we did the double on them. Um, we beat them one 0 at home as well. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was when Pardew and Venga yeah. had that little had a, set yeah, to yeah. on the side of the pit. So, um, 
yeah, those were probably my two kind of favourite results of the season, doing the double over them. Mm. Um, and yeah, we had some we had some really good results. Um, and we, I just remember playing good football as well. You know, we were attacking. Um, you know, Yossi Benayoun signed as yeah. well, and he yeah. was he was brilliant. Marlon was on fire, scoring yeah. goals, yeah. and everyone was just enjoying their football. And we we tried to play good attacking football, I think. And we you know we we had some really good results. I think we played Villa early in the season, beat them. I think four, yeah, four yeah, yeah. or something like that. So I think yeah, everyone was just enjoying themselves and. We, you know, we didn't see the kind of the cut run come in. It just happened, really. And as we got mm, further yeah. and further, we thought, actually, we can, you know, we might actually win this kind of thing. But, um, yeah, everyone just in, enjoyed themselves, I think. Um, and it, the manager was really good as well. We all felt that we were developing as players under him. And, you know, the tactics that he employed in the games were very good as well. Mm. So it was just yeah one of those one-off seasons that that went really well. Everything just all sort of came together yeah, at the yeah. right time because Pards was pretty much he was a new manager then as well, he was. wasn't he? He was yeah, um, and but he didn't really seem that way when I signed. He was very kind of confident. Um, he knew what he kind of wanted, um, and I didn't actually think I would start the season. I thought James was going to start the season in front of me because uh-huh. when we kind of met him before we signed. He kind of said like to me, "Oh well, I've seen you play at Cardiff, blah blah blah. I don't like this. I don't like that." And then I thought, "Okay, then right now you go on to James now and say something negative <laughs> about him." And it was nothing. So I was like, "Oh my god!" And like he's in front of me now already. So, um, but unfortunately for him, he kind of got injured in a reserve game mm. and kind of opened the door for me a little bit. And I I played with Anton and we we got on and played really well and. And that was that. I started the season, but um, now Pards was really good. You know, a lot of people always ask me who was the best manager I kind of worked under, and he's probably the one that I always kind of come up with. Uh, the name mm. I come up with uh, mainly just because he's he would he tried to develop you as a player. He would get yeah. on the training ground and and work with you. A lot of managers these days, I don't think you know they're almost like figureheads. They don't get on the training ground and get their mm. hands dirty and look at players and say, you know, I want to make you better. They yeah. just think okay you should be the finished article already um, and then you don't really see them until the weekend when you know they're in the dressing room but he wanted to get on the training ground and, and coach and coach yeah. which was refreshing and I felt that I kind of benefited and, and improved as a player from that so yeah before the FA Cup final we had the last game of the season up to park against Spurs lasagna gate <laughs> you were there what, yeah. did the, what did the away dressing room smell like when you were there? <laughs> oh Chris <laughs> I couldn't tell you. There. I couldn't tell you. Um, I don't. I still don't believe all that nonsense. Really? Yeah. Is, that, is it an excuse? Of course it was. We beat them. We beat them. So exactly. um, they were obviously pushing for what they were going for, and mm. you know they didn't get it because um, when we played well, um, and then obviously all that stuff kind of came out after. So um, I'm not totally convinced by um, what they said. Um, I never really delved anywhere near the, the way dressing room, to be honest yeah, don't, with you. don't blame me on that no, day. No, um, <laughs> our dressing room smelt bad. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. It's like, But no, I think um, we beat them fair and square and it was just a bit of sour grapes, I think. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, FA Cup final day. Um, how were you feeling? Um, excited. I wasn't really... I suppose maybe nervous excitement. I wasn't really one to get nervous before games mm-hmm. at all. I always um, felt really good before games. I was always excited to play against who I was playing against, strikers, um, you know, big teams. Um, 
I tried not to get nervous because I just felt they would affect my game, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was just looking forward to it. I think it was just like a long kind of week, really. Um, it's a big build-up. A lot of build-up, yeah, and everyone's ringing you, like, for tickets. You know, people who you've <laughs> oh, never God. even heard of, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, getting hold of your number somehow. You're like, oh, it's me from... Remember me in school, like, <laughs> 10 years ago, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, used to play football on the... I, I never heard of him. <laughs> you know, any chance of free to... No. no. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was like, by the time it came out, you just wanted it, the game to kind of start because it was just... You know, you're getting your suits done. There's just so much kind of build-up. Mm. It starts to annoy you by the end. You just want to get the the game on. Um, so, yeah, I was just really looking forward because I felt we could win. I felt we could win. I didn't think Liverpool were were any great shakes that mm. season. So I felt we had a, a really good chance. And I think after the semi-final win, we just thought, like, our name is, is on yeah, the cup. it did it just feel felt like that, that, that way. And um, mm. kind of the way the draw we got, um, you know, the quarter-final, semi-final, it just felt that, you know we 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 can win this and obviously going two nil up i think we thought that even more yeah. <laughs> um but now i was just i was really looking forward to the to the game and you know it was a a great occasion you know, it's not often you get to play in an fa cup final so um obviously it still kind of hurts me to this day the way it went and yeah. Yeah. that's losing but was it good for you that it was played in the millennium yeah would you rather have it yeah. yeah would you rather have it in the millennium than um, Wembley or see that's a tough one actually Bianca because um, obviously it's growing up as a Wembley, kid yeah. yeah yeah. when you watch FA Cup finals it's always like a, you know Wembley Stadium it's, it's, they go hand in hand kind of thing so you know, you always dream about going to Wembley and, and playing in an FA Cup final. So that kind of period where it was at the Millennium, it just didn't feel exactly the same. But for me, obviously, it was quite good because yeah. it was my, you know, my home kind of stadium where I, you know, international where we played our games there. So, so I had a lot of support there. So that that was nice in a way. But um, it's a long drive back, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I bet oh, it was man. on that M4. Well. Oh, God, it was, it was horrific. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, really so um, that's probably the only time where I've almost cried after a game of football. Yeah. Um, when I've seen people crying after games of football because they've lost, I was sort why like, but mm. the way that game kind of went, and you know we was in front, and then we got pegged back, and then we went back in front, and mm. then it went to penalties, and the way it all happened, and you know we're walking around doing a lap of run after the game, and the Liverpool fans were like applauding us as well because you know it was such a good game of football. Mm. I got like quite emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never like cried after a game of football, but that's probably the one time that, you know, I've had kind of tears in, in my eyes. Yeah. So. I, re- I remember that walk around because like everyone was so despondent, but Christian Daly was like leading everyone, going, come on, we've got to like yeah. do that round of applause. And that, that made me choke up seeing yeah. Christian yeah. Daly. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Well, that's what he was like, Christian. Mm. He was one of the leaders in, in the squad because we did have a young team. We didn't have too many mm. kind of experienced players, especially in the starting eleven. Um, you know, we had Teddy, obviously, um, but then Christian was probably the other senior pro, really, and, and Thomas Repka, yeah. <laughs> right <Nutter>. back. Um, <laughs> crazy, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was important. Like we all looked up to Christian. He was he was one of the leaders in the squad, mm. and you know he. That's probably why I kind of got on so well with him because I saw how he conducted himself mm. as a professional and tried to kind of learn things off him. Yeah. So that season you got to an FA Cup final. You're a young team. Did you think amongst yourselves, right, we're going to go on to do some serious things here? I think we did. And and to be honest with you, uh, Bianca, I think 
the next season then was a little bit like what's happening to West Ham now. I think we yeah. had such a great, we had such a good season, qualified for Europe, FA Cup final. I think we just saw, you know, we're the big boys now. We yeah. next season it's just going to happen again, or we're going to do even better. Um, and it just didn't happen um, right from pre-season. Pre-season wasn't um, wasn't right. Um, I think we actually well, I can say it now because I'm finished playing. <laughs> but I think we went to Sweden for pre-season and in our hotel like there was a beer festival across the road (laughs) yeah from our hotel so obviously like you know I think the lads were uh, probably having a few too many drinks and stuff and like just from pre-season it just wasn't right I mean it was a complacency about it Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't start the season very good and obviously pards kind of then didn't last too long we had a new manager come in and it was a really difficult season um, I think it was just complacency um, we expected things to happen which didn't happen. maybe we got a bit too cocky and you know we thought we'd been there done it now and you know we belong here and and um, we we got out, well, took our off the ball I think if, if I'm honest with you um, I think maybe like recruitment as well we didn't probably bring in Strengthen. enough players as well yeah. they got the Mascherano yeah. saga which didn't actually go down that well with the manager because obviously I don't think he had anything to do with the, no. the signings mm-hmm. um, and he was very loyal to the team from last season had done so well and he found it hard trying to bring them into the 11 he didn't really want to because he wanted to give last season's team a chance to, to you know do what they did again and I think he was under a bit of pressure, obviously, then to bring those two in, and he found it, it difficult. So, um, yeah, it was a total contrast in seasons, really. Yeah. Did, did you see the pard sacking coming? Like when did I think it was Bolton away? We lost three nil. Like was the right on the ball? Had the team given up? Was he? Did he look, put his takes off the ball? Um, I think there's a bit of both, One as of I said. Yeah. I think you know, pards probably started believe in hype a little bit too much you know there's a lot of talk about him and how good a manager he was becoming off the back of the season before um, and maybe he thought you know I'm here now and mm. he took his after ball um, and we did as players as well um, how you start the season is always really important I think um, you know the previous season we started the season well and confidence grew it was kind of the opposite that season and it's very easy then for confidence to kind of go the other way Um and then kind you of seeing a bit of that now, aren't yeah. we, really? Same yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. Similar situation. Um, I think even now with the, the players that have come in for West Ham this season probably haven't helped the dynamics of the team too yeah. much. Um, I think with they did so well last season. Um, probably did too well. You know, you look. I think maybe David Sullivan, David Gold probably are thinking in the summer, we've we done too anyone. well here yeah. because... Mm. Now, to go to the next level of what we did last season, we have to be spending like 30, 40 million yeah. pounds yeah. on players, like on individual players. And yeah. I don't think they're kind of ready to do that. So, yeah. um, you know, the players that have come in this season, I don't think have helped the dynamics of the team. Um, and quality wise, I don't think have probably been good enough for what they needed to mm. to push on again. And, mm. and you've seen a, a kind of a poor start to the season. It was kind of a similar kind of season there. You had the uh, takeover. You know, players coming in, Tevez, Mascherano, there's a lot of things kind of going on off the pitch as well, which didn't help. And, 
yeah, we uh, we struggled, struggled. So, was, do you think like the, the formula was right in that previous season, and did the Icelandics, these new players, it just it just ruined the kind of the pot almost? Like it just. Um, yeah, I think last season, the season before, we were, as I said, we all had something to prove. We were hungry. Mm. Um, everyone wanted to show we could play in, in the top league, and I think obviously we did that. And then second season, there's always then the tougher season you know when you come up from the championship to the Premier League you see a lot of teams maybe have a good first season and stay in the league but then it's the second season that I can get you um, mm. and I think we just didn't initially we didn't recruit didn't bring in enough players and then we mm. obviously had to take over then you had players coming in obviously on a, a lot of money um, a lot of the players already there weren't on anything like you know the mm. money that p- players were coming in were on Um that all had to be kind of addressed as well and I don't know it was just a lot of off the field stuff going on as well mm. um, and yeah the pressure then mounted on us on, on, on pads we went out of Europe pretty quickly as well <laughs> Palermo would give us a, a hiding um, yeah. and yeah it just went the other way very very quickly which which can happen when you take your half of the ball yeah. BombettaLondon.com Italian restaurant Alessandro Diamante uh, played with Danny Gabadon um, you know he may eat there if he wants a little taste of home you can make a reservation by going to BombettaLondon.com the Icelandics coming in Egert Magnusson obviously if you speak to most fans they absolutely yeah. love him yeah. was it, what, did you go to one of his famous parties in <laughs> no. <Mary> Wolf? <laughs> no I didn't no no I didn't did you meet him was he alright um, never really saw too much of him, really. Mm. Um, when we did, you know, he seemed like a a nice enough chap, and you know, he did put a lot of money into the club, and you know, the way it all kind of went was disappointing. Mm. You know, losing all all of his money and then having to sell players, what have you, sell the club on. Um, but you could see, I can see why fans kind of love him because you could see what he was trying to do to mm. like when when I signed. Um, you know, West Ham, it, it, they didn't have any money really. You know, mm. it was there wasn't a lot of money in in the club. Um, myself and James pretty much signed on the same amount of money we were on at, at Cardiff. You know, we we didn't come to West Ham on anything else. It was mm. that's kind of how the club was being run. It was like on run on a tight ship then. Mm. So I think with Magnuson coming in, he just went to a obviously a whole new level. The the money that was being invested, the players that were were being mm. brought in, but. I think it was just all happening too quickly mm. really um, and it was just hindering the team probably more than, than yeah. benefiting it really so yeah so he, he makes the decision to get rid of pards in comes Alan Kirbishley. Um the, the number of people we've had on here who didn't like him is like numerous <laughs> so it's too boring is often the <laughs> criticism uh, it wasn't necessarily inspirational did you get on with Alan Kirbishley? Um yeah I got on alright with him to be fair Um I didn't really play that much because that's why I started to get injury issues mm. then. So um, I was a bit kind of in and out. Um, but yeah, at times he didn't have the greatest personality. Um, <laughs> it was awkward sometimes chatting to him. You know, sometimes you if you pass him in the corridor or you see him in the morning, sometimes it's quite hard to hold a kind of a conversation with him right. um, I think you know he'd be a little bit awkward as well you almost wouldn't know what to say sometimes and stuff <laughs> oh, so um, no. <laughs> but 
that's just kind of how he was. Like he, he wasn't a, a bad person at all. No, I, we all kind of just got wasn't one of the lads. I mean, but, no. it's such a difference, isn't it, between yeah. him and Alan yeah. Pardew? Yeah, different. Such chalk and cheese. Yeah, totally different characters, you know. Um, but he was nice enough. Um, he was a you know pretty simple with his coaching. Mm. Um, you know the sessions he, he'd get on actually get on a training field and and coach. But it was pretty kind of you know basic. But you know you have to give him credit for the job that he did <laughs> yeah. um, you know we looked like we were we were down and out kind of thing going to get relegated and he's he's come in and got the team playing and um, and I think that's why he did because he's very kind of straightforward you know it's, mm. it's nothing complicated about what he does what he wants um, mm. and he just made it very simple yeah. for the players and I think that's why we we uh, managed to get out of it Um and you, know, you see a lot of managers these days they do have kind of big characters and, and what have you but you know it's not always kind of necessary if you, you keep can keep things simple and don't overcomplicate things with, with the players and, and they know going out onto the pitch exactly what they, they need to do that can that can be enough Did you think we were going to go down that season? I know you, you spent a, quite a bit that time injured Yeah but- um, Dean Ashton tells a story that when we beat Man United and stayed up, he was straight on booking his holiday because I mean his contract was all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you were you worried? Do you think? Oh no, um, I was for a bit, yeah. But Ooh, then you could see you could <clears throat> see the change in the team after a few games. You could mm. just see, um, you know, now we're playing well. Um, I think this is possible. Um, Obviously, for a period, it, it didn't look good, and you're thinking, "Oh my god!" Like when we lost to uh, Spurs, that game was just like I thought, "Oh, oh yeah. this could be like that could be it now." Because just the way we kind of lost so as well, yeah. yeah, you know, people were just down and out after the game, and you know, pretty much in floods of tears, almost the way that mm. we kind of like threw that game away. And you're thinking, "Oh, it's very difficult to pick the players up now after that," but but he did. To be fair, the gaffer did, and I think we just got a couple of good wins and then I think the confidence just kind of mm. come back and you had a little bit of kind of luck along the way with that run as well but um, and he got Tevez playing as well Tevez, Tevez was playing well um, what was he Zama like? was playing was he well right? yeah he was brilliant Tev was brilliant um, did he speak much English? no no <laughs> and he didn't want to either he didn't try to either he just like he couldn't be bothered <laughs> Javier Mascherano to be fair tried to learn and mm. you know you could have a bit more of a conversation with him but but Carlos was like I'm not interested in learning <laughs> English but he was a really nice guy to be fair um, really nice fella and such a good player like in training that both of them were unbelievable did you know that they were going to go on to um, big things yeah you kind of thought what are these two doing here? <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah. like, in, in training they were like you know when you see like the South Americans they're just all so good technically and they, they yeah. roll their foot over the ball and stuff and mm. they were just doing things which we'd never really kind of seen before um, they just use their body so well you're trying to like get the ball off them they get their body into you and yeah you could see like they were quality players Javier was you see him playing like centre back now for Barcelona and at Liverpool he went as a defensive midfielder but at West Ham he was a ball playing midfielder honestly he was he can't he was trying to ping balls like here there and everywhere like cross field balls like he was a like a playmaker almost he didn't know Mm. how to defend right so that's why Pards didn't play him initially because he couldn't trust him defensively right 
But it was really strange then. He went to Liverpool and Benitez just converted him into this kind of yeah. defensive midfielder. It was really strange. You ask any of the yeah. any of the boys, like he, he wasn't that player at all. He was like a ball player. But, yeah. And then obviously Carlitos got into the team then and started performing well. Um, Zamo was playing well. Ginge was got into the team, was playing well with Anton. No, everyone just started playing really well. Yeah. Um, and he was getting vital goals when we needed him. So, um, so after a little bit, I thought, no, I think we're gonna we can do this because we. You could just feel it. I think you could just feel the uh, the team was growing in confidence. The belief started and, yeah, to come back. Yeah, belief started to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So we stayed up that season, and then the, the following season, um, you got a kind of long-term injury that kept you out for eighteen months. Mm. But also on the kind of the injury list was Bellamy and Kieran Dyer. So yeah. was it the three of you kind of knocking around <laughs> doing it rehab was, together? Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was tough. To be fair, that's the toughest kind of period of my career being out that long. Um, you know, you're not. You're wondering when you're going to come back. If you're going to come back. Um, I was going here, there, everywhere, different places, speaking to different people. Um, go, it was a groin injury, right? Oh, it was. I need longer than the hour to explain <laughs> everything what happened. But um, I actually like played my first season with groin pain, um, mm. and it, I got to the end of that first season. I remember being on a holiday, and I was, I went to get into the swimming pool, and I couldn't like, I couldn't get off kind of the sun lounge. It was weird. Like, I just had all this pain, like in my groin, and that. And I ended up then having a hernia operation and coming back having a hernia operation and I missed nearly all of pre-season and I ended up coming back into the team for the first game. I'd only trained like the week before the season started. So um, I was well off the pace. Like I didn't start the season very well at all. Um, And then I got, I think it was halfway through that season and kind of broke down injured again. Um, So it started like with my groin and then it ended up being my my back so I ended up kind of right. having like a back operation then God. yeah so um, but I wasted a lot of time I could have been back a lot earlier but I was going here there and everywhere and different people um, getting like the wrong advice and stuff and mm. but when you are really injured sometimes it gets long. like Lee Bowyer tells yeah. a similar story when he was at West Ham so desperate to come yeah. back you just try mm. anything go go anywhere yeah. and and obviously Kieran had Mm. lots of issues uh, Bellas was out for quite a bit and you know he was pulling his out with his injury and um, he was going here there and everywhere trying this that the other and, and then he, he had a hernia operation and suddenly it just cleared everything up and he was fine like he could have really? had that from the start and yeah, you know he would have been back in maybe two or three weeks but so yeah it was difficult it was difficult for all three of us because you know you just want to be out there helping your teammates out Um you go into the games and everyone's asking you when you're going to be back and you, you, you haven't got an answer and you know there were some weeks where I didn't actually go to the games because I just didn't want to have that mm. question yeah. put on yeah. me all the time you know yeah. it, was, it was getting like getting me down quite a lot so um, yeah that was um, tough yeah tough <laughs> time yeah I mean, because we had Collison had sustained a long-term injury there. Boya, yeah. I think, had a little bit of a moan about the the, the, the physios or like the yeah, treatment he, players were he getting. He didn't trust the medical staff there. That period yeah. of the club, it seems like a lot of mistakes were made from mm. a treatment perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was um, it was a bit of a shambles at times, to be honest with <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, for instance, like when I got injured um, at the time, I ended up like three months basically working with the uh, the academy physio who you know wasn't ready to be looking after someone with the problems i had so right. for like three four months i ended wasted 
time with an academy physio when you know I should have been with the main physio getting myself sorted out but he basically didn't want to deal with me he thought he couldn't get me fit he basically kind of washed his hands of me yeah. to be honest with you God. so um it was so unorganized back it was, then wasn't it yeah there's was no direction it was at all. it was very unorganized um the people we had at the time just you know some of the stuff that was going on mm. um it's hard to explain it all really um you know and when you look from the outside you just think oh yeah Gabadon's injured for 18 months or Bellamy's in why are they injured you know what I mean but there's a lot more to it than what you can kind of yeah. tell people or what people see fancy from the outside but um yeah it was just uh it was a bit of a of a mess really yeah yeah because like so during this time you're out injured the icelandic banks go bust yeah eggies out the door i think around this time the Sull- the sullivans come in um we get we're selling players behind curbs back you know bellamy's mm. in his book saying that they were kind of spreading rumors that he was handing transfer because he was begging for a move not the case obviously as we know now yeah. then um in comes is it zola zola comes yeah. in around this time so i mean crazy crazy days yeah <laughs> It was, it was, it was a bit of a, just the club, yeah, it was a bit of a, a mess at that point. Um, as you said, you know, players getting sold, um, mm-hmm. you know, some of the players we brought in, obviously the money we spent, like, you know, like Sir and Dyer, Craig Bellamy, and then, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then he's kind of gone, because um, we obviously had to sell players, this was situation the club was in. Um, so, yeah, and then, Franco comes in. Um, was he as good on the training pitch as people say? He's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> he was unbelievable. No one wants to go near him in training because he just embarrasses you. He was like, honestly, he was amazing. He, he would join in and train, and he was still like really fit. Um, and he would join in in the five sides and stuff. And honestly, like he would just twist you up <laughs> twist you up still yeah he, 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 he was still kind of agile he was nimble still um, and we'd actually say to him at times like Gaffer why don't you just sign on like sign a contract <laughs> like, and play because uh, I think you could still do a job and he'd just like start laughing kind of thing but, but he's that kind of guy he's really competitive like in anything he does he wants to be the best at it like whether it's golf mm. you know tennis whatever mm. he'll try and do it to the best of his ability so even though he's a manager then he was still keeping himself fit and so yeah he'd join in he'd take free kicks for the lads after training he'd be bending them in the top corner and you know the rest of the lads would be hitting like palm doors <laughs> and hitting the houses behind and he's just demoralising <laughs> but now he was such a good guy though as well you know he was him and Clarky worked really well together yeah. you know the mm. sessions that he used to put on were really good and you know he was another manager who wanted to try and develop you and make you better as a player and the only thing I would say is probably a little bit soft I'd say yeah, yeah that's the criticism that was the only you yeah. know when maybe things need to be said and you needed to you know hair dryer a couple of people mm. it wasn't really his kind of way but maybe Steve would have been the man to do no, that no he wasn't really no. really no. that surprises no. me yeah because yeah. you think if you're that way you get your yeah. assistant yeah. who get is but good yeah. cop and bad cop yeah but you know, Clarky was quite quiet as well to be oh, honest right. with you oh, so um, that's probably the only think ultimately that, that was why it didn't work out um, for them both I think I thought he sacked a bit partially to be yeah. honest with you mm. I thought he did a good job um, especially considering who was coming in after exactly um, exactly yeah <laughs> are we going to get on to that yeah we're yeah. on to that um, <laughs> no I think if you look at the players he, that come in as well he didn't really have a lot of money recruitment mm. wise either so um, 
I thought with what players he had, I thought he did a really good job. Um, I was I was surprised actually when. Did the board ever come went. to you and say, "What do you think we should do? Do we, do um, we keep the manager or no? Does that never not, happen? No. No, I think it does happen, um, but not not in your situation. But not that I knew of. Whether you know they kind of went at the time to mm. to Lucas and was I think Lucas was quite involved. To be fair, he's one of those captains who. Um, was quite hands on, and I think he used to speak to, um, you know, the chairman and stuff quite a lot. So that might have mm. actually been the case, to be fair. Um, but that does no, that does happen. Um, I know that for mm. a fact. Where um, chairmen stuff will speak to the captain and stuff, and and ask you know advice, opinions on on what to do and stuff. Mm. So, um, but now I felt a bit sorry for him. I was a little bit surprised when he went. Cause I thought he did a decent job and deserved. More you know, time. Yeah, more time, really. Yeah. When a manager gets sacked, do you get a text from the club? Does someone ring you? Or, or <laughs> no, just read about it. No, just read about really? it. Yeah, that's Sky mad. Sports. <laughs> that's Bianca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bianca tells us. <laughs> or, like, or maybe one of the lads might say, "Look, oh, the gaffer's yeah. gone, or whatever." Do you know what I really? mean? So, um, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, but you kind of like get a feel anyway. You can kind of, you can kind of know. Yeah. When it's going to happen, really, yeah. yeah. You know, something's not right, so. So, cue Benny Hill music. In comes <laughs> Avran Grant. <laughs> um, he'd had a good season at Portsmouth. He'd, well, I think he'd almost won the FA Cup, hadn't he? Like, he'd done all right. He's got big celebrity friends, like Natalie Portman. Very well-connected man. He gave a great interview, apparently. <laughs> That's what Sullivan says. Mm. So he comes in, what happens? <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um... Avram was oh, he just the str- strange is that the right word um, I actually got on quite well with him um, he's, he can be quite a charismatic yeah, guy can't he can he, he can be yeah, can be like he's a, he's a really good guy like I could never like yeah. say anything bad against him like personality wise and, and he was quite good for me because he played me as well <laughs> so um, that's probably why I can't say anything bad Um he remembered actually me playing against Chelsea when he was Chelsea manager and he said like I remember you playing and you know you always played well against us so I think he just had that in his head then right Gabadon's coming into mm. my team so <laughs> um, so I actually played which was was played a fair few games but he was just a bit lackluster I suppose it just wasn't there's nothing really about him he was just a bit of a zombie you know what I mean mm. around the training yeah. ground and just um, I remember actually um, the club secretary coming into the canteen I think at dinner time and saying you won't believe this but uh, Avram he, he just asked me to, to turn his TV on in his office or something and I, she, I, she was like I can't believe like he couldn't figure out how to turn his TV on <laughs> so she like he was like Anita Anita can you uh, I can't work the TV can you come in so she had to like come in and just literally just like press the button and turn it on. <laughs> so that was kind of like I don't know That's he was just like weird like little things yeah. like that he just didn't have a clue with but but he, he kind of knew his football but um, I felt a little bit sorry for him as well because I think he didn't get backed with money with for players either um, mm. you know the recruitment start of the season was was poor we didn't mm. bring hardly anyone in Um not of any kind of quality um so the squad he had to work with i don't think was was amazing from the start and it was only when we got to january when we were struggling then uh, the owners tried to do something about it you know they brought i think wayne bridge came in on robbie loan Keane. robbie Keane mm. come in and you know they had a bit of a panic up because they were thinking oh we might be in trouble we might go down here it's a bit too late by and then it was though, too late it? it should have been done at the start of the mm. season um yeah. so in a way i felt sorry for him because they didn't back him 
mm. enough in the transfer market to bring players in. I'm glad he um, kind of knew about football, though. That's <laughs> enough. It's more than I thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw him actually in the Euros. He was over watching one of the games. Yeah, he's in, gone in the about Euros it in the now, summer. Isn't? Yeah. Mm. So I had a good chat with him. Actually, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, you know, he, he is. I always got him really over. well. He was like, you know, yeah. he went out of his way to kind of come and say hello, and you know, you speak to him. He's he's got good knowledge of the game. Mm. Um, but I think just that the he just wasn't know, right. For no, that. wasn't the right no. kind of fit. Really, I no. think at that top level of managing players and you know, quality uh, top players, I don't think. You know, he probably gets enough respect, really. So, mm. um, yeah, mm. it was just it was a strange kind of appointment from the start, and as you saw, yeah, it didn't <laughs> it didn't go what well. Was, what was his team talks like? Did he did he fire you up? Would it would it just be really dry? These are the eleven. Um, do this. See half time. Yeah, it's kind of like that, really. Yeah. <laughs> were you in there? Were you actually? Uh, I was assistant. Were you, like, yeah, were you, <laughs> I don't know. Disguise or something. Like, no, he was. Yeah. It's pretty oh. much that was pretty much kind of how it was really. Um, yeah. He didn't really say too much. Um, it wouldn't be like you know he going mad, shining people, geeing people up or mm. anything like that. That just wasn't his really his personality. Um, and again, if you're that way, you need someone alongside you then yeah. who yeah. is the opposite. And we never really had that again. You know, I think we had Kev Keane who was there and. You know he's he's super nice. Yeah, isn't he? he's super nice as well. So um, it just wasn't the right, you know, wasn't the right mix really. Um, mm. And maybe you know if we start the season well, you know, you can buy into his ideas a little bit more, and maybe you know you you respect him a bit more. But you know, when when things ain't going well, you just look at things a little bit differently than some of the things he says or doesn't mm. say. And you know, these days especially. It don't take long for players to no. lose respect to the manager. They'll, they'll work once the dressing room's gone, it's weeks, gone, yeah. isn't it? Within a couple of weeks, when a new manager comes in, I think players will work you out if you're any good or not. And then it's very difficult to so, like weasels, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, we are. We are. We are like a nightmare to uh, <laughs> to look after. We're like a bunch of kids. So was there a conversation like amongst the players like, earlier on in that season? Like this guy hasn't got a clue. Or it's hard to remember back, but I'm sure there <laughs> was uh, quite a few conversations like that where you're just thinking, I'm not sure about this guy, you know? Yeah. Um, not sure about the tactics he's employing here. You know, maybe we need to... In that situation, don't you sometimes get amongst yourselves and yeah. go, should we just do what... Of course, yeah. Let's do what we think is yeah, best. Yeah, 100%. Did you do yeah. that? That's so, happened a few times in my career at different clubs yeah. where really? almost overrided the manager and said, look, <laughs> yeah. guys... This guy hasn't got a clue. We need to like do this instead. And <laughs> used to have rumor. It used to happen at Chelsea under when Ravram was at Chelsea that John mm. Terry would say we need to. That's not really to. much of a surprise. No, me, no. To be no. But one man who was like seemed to be. I remember it was think it was West Brom away, and I think we ended up drawing three all. And Carlton Cole gave a, an interview after the match and said Scott Parker gave a half time team talk. I think you might have been three one down. And Carlton Cole said it was like the most inspirational <laughs> thing he's ever heard. You might have been in the dressing room that day. What do you remember this? Like, what did Scott Parker have to say? What game was this? Sorry? I think it was West Brom away. I'm not sure if I. I must have been there. Um, I don't was know. Scott Parker Scotty the... was like, yeah, he was unbelievable. Scotty, like, he could say deep stuff that would like bring a tear to your eye. Really? He's quite an emotional guy, really? Scotty. Yeah. Wow. I've never yeah. thought that of him actually. Yeah, he's so qu- he's quite he is. quiet, isn't he? He is, but he on camera anyway. He's not one of those that will say those things all the time but when he does kind of thing mm. 
it he just, gets you in the feels. Yeah, it'll, it'll be deep and kind of meaningful and you're like, oh my God, yeah, I want to run through a brick wall. You kind of think. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, and that season, I think he felt he had to do that because yeah. the manager wasn't really doing that. You know, we were struggling. He was um, playing unbelievable. Like, he, on, on the pitch, he was taking games by the scruff of his neck on his own mm. and, yeah. you know, he was playing so well. Um, and I think he felt he had to kind of do that really um, it's not really in his nature to do that but I think he just felt he needed to do something mm-hmm. um, and he is yeah one of those guys when he does speak he's normally it's, you know it's, it's like he's prepared it the night before or something <laughs> <laughs> you know it's really deep meaningful stuff and wow yeah he's um, he is a leader he is yeah. a leader like not like the way because he's shouting and bawling but you know the way he plays on the pitch um and then when he does kind of speak, he does make you kind of sit up and listen. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Do you think he might go into management? Yeah, I then? think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he's doing his badges. Um, Is that well, never something you thought about? I've done my A licence, yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah, I've done it, but... but we have, they all do the licences, but it's... Yeah. I know what not, don't players fancy are like. <laughs> <laughs> I know what players are like. I know how Should it is Should that not stand to, you yeah. in good stead, though? Not really, no. No, <laughs> no, because no, I think... It's, it's even harder now yeah. I think, from when I was playing um, mm. you know the the amount of money that's kind of in the game now as well uh, the pressures that managers have got to get results and you know I've moved around enough as a player club to club and when you finish playing you almost just want to settle down you go into management and it's the same again you, you know if you play a few games mm. you manage a few games if it doesn't go well you could be going mm. to another club up north and then you might be back down like, it's just I don't there's no longevity no. in management mm. anymore, I don't think. Um, no, there isn't. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, I did four games as caretaker manager at Cardiff, so I kind of got an yeah. insight into it. And don't get me wrong, part of it, I thought, oh, I really, this is really good and I'd like to do it. But then there was other parts of me that just thought, this is just the most stressful <laughs> thing. It's like 24 hours a day you're thinking about. Yeah. You cannot oh, switch man, off. Yeah. And then you're having to manage a group of players. It's like you have to fa- you have to be a father as well yeah. to a lot of them because you know you, you're getting people knocking on your door. Why am I not playing? You know, another player is has been out. You know, on a Saturday in a casino doing this, that, the mm. other, whatever. And you know, you so many different personalities that you have to manage as well. Yeah. And that's without thinking about the football side of things. So yeah. it's difficult. It can be rewarding, but it's a lot of stress as well. So. Yeah. Um, that's why Bianca and in the media instead is a bit <laughs> yeah, safer. It is. <laughs> a little bit. <clears throat> well, let's talk about sacking. Avram Grant, Wigan away, day we go down. Obviously, quite a famous day for West Ham. Infamous, probably. Avram Grant getting sacked after the, after the game. Um, so the team's come into the dressing room. Avram, I presume, doesn't come into the dressing room with you because he's off getting sacked. Then the word comes back that he's been sacked. And allegedly, Scott Parker says, "If I want him on the coach home with us." Yeah, Do you remember right. that? what was that like I'm after jogging my memory a bit? Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that was. Um, so uh, it was a sad time, really, um, because like the final kind of few weeks of the season, it was just not a good place to be around the training ground um, during the games. You know, we—I wouldn't say we'd given up, but. It was just difficult, you know. Obviously, the fans weren't happy. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I think, the last home game of the season, you know, there was one or two players who actually didn't want to play. They kind of shied off and really? didn't want to play. Yeah. 
yeah, said they were injured and stuff because Mm. they didn't want to have the, you know, the atmosphere of what the crowd were kind of doing and stuff, which that's Mm. how we kind of got to. And, and yeah, that was really poor, I think, from from the board, what they did to Avram, kind of Mm. sacking him and basically saying, look, find your way home kind of thing (laughs) from the ground. And So West Ham. Honestly, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the players were were really angry about that so that's why kind of Scotty said no that's unacceptable yeah. you know, okay fine if you've oh, sacked him play. fine but mm. he's you know he's still our manager he travels back with the team so that's mm. kind of what happened he um so we, we got him managed to get him back on the coach because it just it was just embarrassing really that's not the way to no that you, you conduct your business you know um Fine could have called him a cab at least. Yeah, <laughs> no. could have paid for him a, for yeah. a cab home. But it was literally like, yeah, you're sacked and kind of find you your own way home kind of thing. So we yeah. just saw that as unacceptable. Mm. And, you know, we, we felt it was the right thing to do. So that's why Scotty did it. Yeah. yeah. Someone threw a pl- uh, the Millwall fans played, paid for a plane to fly over the ground that said Avram Grant Millwall legend. Like during yeah, the I game. remember that. He could have got that plane home. I just thought <laughs> <then>. <laughs> that would have been if he'd landed it. <laughs> flew off. But then, so dark times like the that was the that was the end essentially of your yeah, your West Ham career. Me, so yeah. like, highs yeah. and lows. It was yeah. Um, started well and <laughs> ended badly. Um, yeah. So yeah, my contract ran out. Um, Avram went. Was um, there any danger of you sticking around, well, or was it always on the cards? I actually, Cam Brady um, spoke to my agent at the end of the season and said we want you to stay. Um, so my agent spoke to them and kind of, I think, sent a proposal over of mm. what I kind of want to stay at, at the club. And then that was it. I didn't hear anything else. That was it. <laughs> Sitting in a junk right. box to this day. Yeah. So um, <laughs> didn't hear nothing. And mm. then obviously Allardyce come in and mm. and that was that. I don't know if maybe, you know, mm. he'd been in the wings and when he signed, maybe he just said, oh, look, no, he's not for me. I don't want him. Mm. Not my type of player. And... And that was that. Um, but it was, yeah, it was just all a bit strange. From January, for me, it was a little bit strange because up until January, I'd kind of played and then they, I was playing left back at a position mm. and they brought Wayne Bridge in. And so then I didn't really play until kind of the end of the season, really, mm. when it was a little bit kind of too late. And I I had tried to actually leave in January because I knew I could have, like, Cardiff had come in for me and then, like, I could have gone back to Cardiff. Mm. You wanted to leave so the I, sinking ship, you rat. Well, <laughs> you could not play it that way. No, but, I don't blame you yeah. at all. I was like, well, I'm not playing. Yeah. Um, and they'd come in and were asking, and I, so I'd gone to David Sullivan and like and said, look, what's the chances of me leaving? And like, because I'm not playing here, and I want to play. It was the end of my contract, end of the season. I can't afford to not be playing because mm. if you wanted to go rid of me, obviously, and I'm not playing, it's hard for me to find a new club. Mm. Yeah. So that's where I was thinking, really. And he was kind of like, well, why would you want to go to Cardiff? You know, Why would you want to go there? And basically, Cam Brady had said, I could go. And then um, Alvin Grant didn't know anything about it. God. So um, he found out about it, said, no, I don't want him to go. And then she then had to retract the kind of statement and said, oh, sorry, I, you know, right. you can't go now because I shouldn't have said that to you behind the manager's back and that's what was kind of going on between him and yeah. wow. well, they him, him and the board yeah they just, just they knew didn't get gone. on at all really right. didn't get on yeah so they were doing things behind his back and everything and so I ended up kind of staying then um, and then that happened with Karen Brady she said oh look 
Mm. You know, what do you want to stay? And then didn't hear nothing. And then they obviously didn't trust him though by that stage, did no. they? No. They'd know, they they'd, knew they'd made an error. They'd lined Martin O'Neill up as well, hadn't they? At one point, and it seemed like that was a oh, done yeah, deal. And yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there was stuff going on. Obviously, behind his back, he knew as well. I think that. you know there was stuff mm. going on behind the scenes, and they were doing things without his his knowing. And you know, he wasn't happy about what what was going on. So I think actually when he got sacked it's probably a bit of a relief, relief. for him as well because yeah. he didn't really stand a chance by the end because they were just doing things yeah. and he wasn't even involved in after you know decisions that were going on yeah. so. just as well they sacked him face to face because if he couldn't turn his telly on Bianca you wouldn't have to tell him <laughs> no. he'd still be turned up for work now <laughs> um but now, so like, you're obviously still friends with James Collins. Um, yeah, Nobes. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Hell of a really? summer. Collins, from a Welsh perspective, obviously. Mm. Gutting, you just missed that the, that period of Welsh national football <laughs> history. Um, yeah, it, obviously, like, yeah, seeing what they've done, you wish that you were out there with them and enjoying that moment with them. Because I, you know, the start of qualifying, I was actually still in the squads and stuff. Um mm. But in a way, it was great to see it from another side of things. Actually, yeah. almost like a, as a fan and seeing your your teammates, a lot of players that you've played through the dark times with, all the bad mm. results, to see what they actually were capable of doing and um, just enjoying what they were doing and just the the atmospheres that were being generated in the, in the stadiums. And I've got time five weeks spending time with all the Welsh fans in the Euros as well yeah, but um, that was, cool. that was amazing and yeah. celebrating yeah. when England celebrating. got beat <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not like that <laughs> I bet um, you didn't have to buy a drink that entire time <laughs> I didn't buy many no. <laughs> um, but no it was yeah it was I got just as much pleasure mm. just watching as, as mm. I, I think I would have as, as playing it was quite emotional for me to be fair it's mm. quite emotional um, mm. watching the lads do what they did um um, and, and as I said, I've never kind of been nervous as a as a player playing, but I was nervous as a fan watching like that you know, that first game in the Euros. I didn't know what to expect from the players, and I was just a bag of nerves all morning before the game. Really, and then I was so charged there when we won. It took yeah. me like to the next day to kind of like to come down from it. It's really strange. Like, I've never felt anything like that before, wow. but. Um, no, you no, know how we great. feel. I know, I know. So we don't get too many charged up moments, do we? <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Great yeah. to see. Cool. Amazing. So now we're right up to date. Yeah. Current yeah. squad. We've got a feature called Relegation Watch, Danny. Every week we talk about, are we getting relegated? That's essentially it. Mm. Do you think we're getting relegated? No chance. I don't agree, I don't agree no with chance. this feature. You need to this stop is, that this is, this is not my idea. Is that what it's come to? Yeah. yeah. First Him. Well, it's looking less likely now, but we're still worthy of conversation. No, there's, no. there's no, no chance. Well, worst teams in West Ham in the league. Although so. after Everton, we do have the run from hell, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Arsenal, Tottenham, well, Liverpool. We well, like playing all those big teams. Last well, season, I hope so it goes well. back to that. Mm. Yeah. Rather than yeah. the, uh, you know, folding yeah. business. Well, I, I think take great encouragement from the last two games, the way mm. they've kind of grinded the results out. It's impossible yeah. to go to the champagne football from what they've been playing yeah. mm. start of the season. So 
I agree with what Bianca said. Like, mm. you know, to grind a couple of good results out and then the good football, I think, will mm. kind of slowly come back. But Go back to the big Sam ways. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you have to do that. Okay. And, you know, yeah. last season, for the amazing, entertaining performances they they had, there was a period in the season where they groaned out a few draws as well, mm. where they yeah. had a few injuries. They got hammered mm. by Tottenham trying to yeah. play them away from home at their own game. They got hammered and then he kind of changed his style a little bit and yeah. they... You had to get a couple of draws and wait for players to come back fit and mm. you know sometimes you have to do that you have to be able to grind out results mm. as well it's not always champagne football you probably maybe play amazingly well 10 times in the season the rest of the games are, are, are grinds you know so I think it's just good that the team is showing now that they can yep. actually do that grind out the one nils and get the clean sheets back and, and then obviously with the players they got kind of going forward and it's just getting that goal scorer back isn't yeah, it yeah that's the only that's thing all we're missing, missing. Yeah. that's what was missing in, in the summer do you think Zaza's most... going to be able to be that man um, have you seen any sort of glimmers of I think he can get go- I think if he keeps working he's working he harder is, isn't he if he keeps working hard like that mm. I think the goals will come because I think when you put in a shift like that you almost make your own luck away in yeah. a way and I think he'll get chance I think he will score goals but I don't know how many he will get but it's if he's just not, you know, not even doing the the, the dirty side of the game, mm. um, then I don't think you get the luck that goes along with that. I think if you're working hard for the team, eventually you'll get chances and you'll score. But that for me was the main area West Ham didn't address in the summer. Yeah. They only yeah. needed for me. They've already got a good squad. They only needed two or three really good players. So like. You know where they were linked with Lacazette for thirty plus million. I think we all knew that would happen. <laughs> and backer, yeah. To give up AC that's Milan what they for... needed. They needed mm. like yeah. two or three really good players, like twenty plus million pound players, to mm. take them. I think to the next level. But instead, mm. they brought in five, six, seven. Yeah, yeah. You know, players of not real quality, and I think yeah. that's affected the team in the opposite way. Yeah. So, and they didn't address the. The striker issue quick enough. Yeah. You know, Zaza was a was a late one. They should mm. have been the first signing. They probably should have done was a, a big name. Yeah, you know, striker because I think the rest of the team there's a lot of cover in different positions, but that's the one weakness: yeah. a goal scoring, a top quality goal scoring striker. Yeah, a um, couple of predictions: the upcoming fixtures, Chelsea at home Wednesday night in the League Cup, and then God. Everton away. Firstly, Chelsea in the League Cup. Danny, do you think we're going to progress? Um, do we want to? <laughs> I don't know. Do we, do we want to? Not well. really. I'm not really. really. It I might be worth it. just getting knocked out of that, to be honest. You. I know as long really as it's bad. not an absolute beating. Yeah. Yeah. If we play well, but maybe just sort of they sneak a yeah. win. But if they absolutely kick our asses mm. like they did Man United, then that's going to set us back. Mm. That's well, the thing, isn't it? Chelsea will play a weakened team, surely, when they... Well, they haven't got Europa League. They've got, the, they've got no other mm. distraction. I would have thought they'd play a few fringe players. Um... But their fringe players yeah, are still, still decent. <laughs> yeah. Fabregas. Yeah. <laughs> Fabregas. Yeah, was, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I take a decent performance and I think maybe just get, mm. get out of that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't think there's any point in staying in that competition. I think the league's more important at the minute and yeah. trying to get the league uh, form up and running. So, um, yeah, just play well, don't get battered and... And just yeah. bow out, yeah. That's pretty you. much so my sounds like an Avram Grant team. Too. My, my sentiments, yeah. <laughs> get, yeah, I wonder if he's going to say that. <laughs> no, no, Do you so. see this going through? Uh, no, no. But it, it again, exactly the same. My, my sentiments yeah. are the same as Danny's right. on that one. Well, I'm just, I'm going to say that we're going to progress one 0 just to be different. Okay. Really? 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but then we go to Everton away, traditionally not happy hunting ground, Goodison yeah. Park. Do you think we can get something there? Three defenders keeping Lukaku quiet? I do. Well, now I we've do. broken that jinx. Yeah. You know, we won there last season. Mm. But he still scored, didn't he? He still got, still got this crazy yeah, run. Yeah, but uh, mind you, they, they had 10 men, didn't they? Morales, I think, got sent off. But um, we still won. Yeah. So it's, it's possible now. Yeah. Mm. yeah I don't see why not. I don't mm. see why not. Um, as I said, I think it's a good time to play Everton. I don't think they're in the greatest of form at the minute. Um, West Ham, again, better. Um, I don't see why not. I think yeah. we can get a result there. You've got to be, you've got to be positive, haven't you? Um, Lukaku, obviously, yeah, he's in good form. But I think, as I said, I think playing the three at the back might actually suit playing against him. And Chris uh, will be back, mm. will he? Yes, be back. one game yeah. man, right? That's a bonus as yeah. well. Because obviously, you know, Balassi playing. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a danger. So, um, you know, and you what about Ayu? Maybe he'll be back yeah, as well. Apparently, he's ready. He's been training. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a massive. Uh, yeah. yeah. Even if he's just on the bench, well. that will yeah. sort of yeah. g the boys a up a little lift, bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he had a good season, first season at Swansea last season. Really important for them. So, yeah. What do you think of him actually? Because you obviously probably saw him a lot more than we did. I think he's a good good addition to the team because he can be so versatile he can play anywhere along the front line he can play left wing right wing number 10 he mm. can play as a striker as well mm. he did that sometimes at Swansea last season so and even set in midfield as well so I think he's incredibly versatile so I think for the price I think you're getting almost two players really with yeah. the amount of positions he can play so mm. um I think he'll be really important getting him back and I think obviously he's played with Payet before he knows them yeah. those two could yeah. link up really well he can play as a striker maybe if Zaza's not still not scored um, he's an option there as well so um, he'd be really good to, to get back I think Sacco close to being back as well yeah well yeah. I mean he's been in he's, he's not actually injured, I don't know he's just wrong. unfit I, I mean how unfit how unfit can you be mm, I don't know nine yeah. ten games in the season yeah. and unfit <laughs> I know. There's the thing that, there's definitely some shenanigans there, yeah. isn't there? Mm. I think you've got to defend well, though. You know, when you go yeah. away yeah. from home, especially against Everton, they're going to test you offensively. You mm. have to defend definitely. well. And then, obviously, with what we've got going forward, then we're always capable of scoring goals, I think. So. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Mm. All right, that was a happy, happy that was positive great. podcast. Yeah, apart, that, from, yeah, apart yeah. from a few little bits. That's <laughs> a few bumps in the road. From, uh, <laughs> yeah, my injury stuff. Um, <laughs> The relegation, yeah. Avram. Um, there's enough. There's enough positives there yeah, to see yeah. us through to re- reflect on a, a really good time in West Ham's history. Yeah, Danny, thank you so much for your efforts for Pleasure. West Ham thank and for this you, interview. Yeah. Lovely, lovely stuff. Thank Brilliant you. talking to you. And you're still on Twitter. You're on Twitter, right? I am. Yeah, Gabadon35. There you go. 35. Old I squad number. I don't even know why it's 35. <laughs> I think I, I think I was 35 at the time, and I just thought I'll do it. Gavin on 35, yeah. and then didn't think actually. Short-sighted. I'm going to be yeah. 36, <laughs> and it's going to be irrelevant yeah. now, and yeah. I can't change it. You can't change it, can you? Know, I don't think you can change it. Twitter. Yeah. I follow yeah. Gavin on 36. It's actually quite a good laugh. <laughs> Probably is. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Bianca, thank you. No problem. Um, we'll see you next week back yep. in the studio. Yeah, cool. In the meantime. Come on, you Come on, you <laughs>